You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears still have a lot of season left coming out of the bye week. A lot to play for and a lot for us to keep our eyes on moving through the second half of the season. Even if the playoffs do become out of reach, still plenty at stake and plenty of excitement left for your Chicago Bears. This is Locked on Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. And on the show today, we're going through what you need to watch for in this second half of the Bears season. It's both A, what makes this second half of the season worth watching, but then also what some of the key factors will be as the rest of the season goes on when we talk about trying to get back into that playoff conversation, or even if they end up getting eliminated from the playoffs at some point, what'll still be worthwhile tuning into each and every Sunday throughout the rest of this season. And as I was sort of like going through, okay, like what are some of the biggest, you know, storylines or other things still facing this team? I, I was kind of going through it and I started getting like, I kind of had a couple of like for, for each position. So it ended up, it wasn't my original plan, but to kind of go position by position for what to watch for on this team. And that's just sort of how it ended up playing out and it kind of made for a little bit more of a natural structure here as far as what we should be watching for. So I think, of course, the number one thing everyone is going to be watching for across the rest of the season is that quarterback position. It's part of what makes this year more understandable or more bearable, pun intended, when the team's maybe, you know, well, three games under 500 right now and, and not necessarily trending in the most positive direction. But we still want to tune in to watch this rookie quarterback continue to go through the quarterback development. And I was going to say continue to improve, but we've always heard from our friend of the show, Mark Schofield, the quarterback guru, the one of our favorite quarterback guys on the podcast. Quarterback development is not linear, is what Mark always says, and it's so true, right? It's not that every week you get 1% better or 5% better and you don't, you don't go up this path of like, as time goes up, the quarterback play goes up, there's ups and then there's downs and there's steps forward and there's steps backward, but it's all sort of hopefully along this longer trend of just general improvement over time. We've definitely seen that from Justin Fields so far. There's no reason to not expect more of that through the second half of the season. And the better he looks and the better he plays, the more excited we will be to tune in on Sundays and the more optimism you're, you'll have for 2022 and beyond and feeling like that, that quarterback position has been answered. I don't think by the end of 2021, the, the jury will be out or, or, you know, the verdict will be in on Fields long term, even if he looks great for the rest of the season. Right. One year is is not enough to, to lock in for sure. I mean, we've seen players have really strong rookie years before and then drop off a little bit. And we've certainly seen players have weak rookie seasons and definitely get things figured out later on in their career. So it's encouraging what we've seen so far. We're excited to see more of it. And I think a lot of this Bears success is going to hinge this season and really long term, but especially this season. Some of these wins and losses are going are gonna to hinge on 
how much they can get out of Justin Fields and how special he can be in terms of elevating the level of play of players around him. Of course, they're not they're trying to make it not all on Justin Fields and it's another big thing I'm looking forward to watching but also have some curiosity to watch exactly how are things going to play out in this Bears backfield. David Montgomery is back. He took all like all of Khalil Herbert's carries last week pretty much Khalil Herbert was just kind of sent to the bench and had a couple of handoffs in there, but really a drastic change in role there. But that's the future of your running back position. The Bears want to be a run-first team. They want to be a run-heavy offense. They want to take that pressure off of their quarterback. And it seems like Montgomery and Herbert are going to be the future, at least for next season. And then Montgomery's contract becomes a question after that. But uh, still no sign of Tariq Cohen, still no word of Tariq Cohen. And if Montgomery and Herbert just keep playing this well, which by all indications, I mean, that's they are seem, kind of seem... That's what we're, we've seen for most of the season so far. Is there no room for Tariq Cohen in the future plans in the backfield? There's no need to pay Tariq Cohen the contract that he's getting, and maybe you start pushing that money towards David Montgomery's next deal if, if you're going to indeed work on a long-term extension for him. And I just think, A, I'm excited to see these two running backs this season, but then also excited about them being the future of this Bears backfield. It's a great problem to have too many guys to get carries to and right now Herbert's at least initially here kind of on the short end of the stick I'd like to see him get more although I don't want to take carries away from David Montgomery but just run the ball even more then I'd like to see the Bears have enough of a lead where they can run the ball enough to give Montgomery 20 and give Herbert 10 or 15 right or kind of have balance but also volume in that balance not just like 10 each for a total of 20 but like you know 35 total carries with would be absolutely great and then takes the pressure off the field, and your, your offense is then presumably doing well enough to be able to run the ball that well. The problem is all that that we've seen so far this season, and even that scenario in the future, is limiting some of the production at wide receiver. And I'm really curious to see another thing to watch for is what's going to happen with Allen Robinson. He's, he's on pace for a career low in terms of receiving yards in, in a season that he's healthy. He's got a career low in like yards per game and yards per reception. I mean, he's just not been all that productive. And he's on the franchise tag. He's, a, he's in a contract year. He's playing for his next contract, and his production is completely dropping off. It's not all been his fault by any... I'm not insinuating, really, that, any, that very much of it is his fault. It's just working with a quarterback that he didn't really practice with that's kind of on the coaching staff. But rookie quarterback has had limited production in terms of yards and touchdowns as is anyway. So there's, all the receivers are struggling with that a little bit. Robinson is just sort of a product of that, but Mooney is certainly the one who's been able to find the production in there. I'm curious if Robinson can turn things around a little bit in the second half and really develop that chemistry with Fields kind of on the fly, or if he has an all-around down season and that keeps his price tag down this upcoming offseason and maybe maybe makes it easier for the Bears to re-sign him, and, or maybe, maybe he's disappointed by the production and wants to go play somewhere else where he feels like maybe he can produce a little bit more. So I'm, I'm definitely keeping a close eye on Allen Robinson in addition to the two-headed monster in the backfield and, of course, the all-important quarterback development. But there's a heck of a lot more besides maybe some of those more obvious fantasy football-type positions and players. We'll go through the rest of the positions, tight ends, offensive line, across the defense, into the secondary, and so much more next on Locked On Bears. Hey, Bears fans, I want to tell you about a new app that's for basically anybody who ever fills their car with gasoline. It's called Get Upside. And Locked On Bears listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas you get cash back every time you fill up. Don't pay, don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Gas prices are high, once again. 
kind of been weirdly fluctuating ever so often now. And you don't have to deal with as much of that worry because you can get the cash back right in your pocket. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back with GetUpside, and there's no catch. The cash back goes directly into your GetUpside account, and then you can connect your bank account or and, and cash out that way, or you could do it through PayPal if you'd feel more comfortable, or even you know cashing out through like an e-gift card to Amazon. The money doesn't have to come to you. You can just all do it that way and get free stuff just from cash back from filling up your gas tank. All you gotta do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Get Upside app. When you're there, enter in our promo code TOUCHDOWN and you're gonna receive a bonus 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. So on that first time you fill up, you're gonna get up to 50 cents cash back per gallon. When you download the Get Upside app and enter our promo code TOUCHDOWN. We finally saw the Chicago Bears tight ends get a bit more involved in the offense in this last game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So as I look ahead to the second half of the season, I'm really curious to see whether that was just kind of a, a one-game bump, uh, you know, a game plan against the Steelers that just worked pretty well, and and then going back to what the previous games were, or if this really does represent, like, Cole Komet especially, maybe turning a corner, getting a little bit more comfortable now in his second season and, and trying to elevate his game to the next level. Because we, we tried to caution you on the Lockdown Bears podcast, you know, when they drafted Cole Komet last season, rookie tight ends don't tend to be very productive. And that's not an indictment on them as a prospect or a developmental player throughout their career. I mean, even some of the, good, some of the great ones have started off their careers a little bit slow in that first year or two because... It's it's a it's a there's a lot on their plate first of all and it's a difficult adjustment to go from college to the NFL at that position where everyone that you're blocking is bigger faster stronger than you're used to blocking and everyone you're running routes against is bigger faster and stronger than you're used to running routes against and there's a lot of those responsibilities in both aspects of the offense that can be a lot for a, a, a young tight end to get down and master and then truly become a difference maker at their position so all of that was to say. Been trying to preach patience with Cole Komet, even though it has still been disappointing in spite of that patience. But career high against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a, a real sort of reliable weapon all of a sudden over the middle of the field. Is that connection with Justin Fields finally blossoming? Or again, was this just a product of certain matchup against the Steelers and just sort of random luck that it, Fields was able to find him open and have time to throw on those plays to finally get those connections going? And then do we go back to m more inefficient tight end performances. Definitely kind of curious to see whether that extends beyond Cole Komet as well with more Jimmy Graham. They were trying to force him the ball in the red zone and in the end zone specifically last week against the Steelers. And that it almost felt a little bit too forced. But we also saw earlier Fields have a good connection with Jesper Horstead for his first career touchdown pass. One of those trivia questions for someday in the future. Who did Justin Fields throw his first touchdown to? Jesper Horstead. I mean, I'd like to see more Jesper Horstead in the second half of the season as well, see if he can be like a legitimate number two option for Cole Komet in the future, presumably moving on from Jimmy Graham this offseason. There's a lot to look for, I think, at the tight end spot. We talked about yesterday on the podcast, the offensive line being definitely something we are going to be watching closely. If you haven't heard that episode, make sure you go back and listen because we broke down the Tevin Jenkins situation in really in depth. And okay, where do you put him in this Bears offensive line now that he's coming back from his back injury? What do you do with Jason Peters then or Larry Borum, depending on where you're going to put Tevin Jenkins? Do you shake up the whole offensive line or do you just take move one of them to the bench and 
kind of say sorry, but sorry, but we got to get Jenkins on the field. Or how, how do you handle that offensive line development? That's what we went to specifically with with Jenkins on yesterday's podcast. But you know, if Borum's in the lineup too, like to use the second half of the season to really determine, okay, does he look like the future starting at right tackle or one of the tackle spots? You know, does he show you enough that like you go into next season with him as the plan, or do you feel like you need to have competition because he is just a fifth round pick? You know, I mean, can you rely on a fifth round pick in his second year as like a surefire bona fide? starting right tackle or if you do a lot of offensive line moving around you know do you bench if 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 you move Cody Whitehair and then Sam Mustafa ends up on the bench you know do you you're evaluating then who's going to play center next year is Cody Whitehair your center again are you doing that whole rigmarole is James Daniels your center again you know where do you where do you want to put these guys to get the best offensive line combination for the future I'm kind of curious to see how things hold up plus James Daniels is an upcoming free agent this offseason and I think he's been pretty mediocre this season at right guard, and I'm not ready to pay him the way the Browns just paid both their guards, certainly not for James Daniels. So, you know, does he play his way into, like, a mediocre contract, or is he trying to, you know, bump up and be a really highly paid guard in the NFL? I certainly don't think he's earned that at this point, but a strong second half of the season could go a long way toward earning him some some bigger bucks in his next contract in Chicago or, or elsewhere. So maybe, maybe that's part of the equation, too, of whether or not he will be back or be a part of what the Chicago Bears want to do with that offensive line combination. Another guy, not sure he'll be back, and I think it's more of like a sentimental what to watch through. We flip over to the defensive line. Are these going to be the final eight games of Akeem Hicks's career as a Chicago Bear? I mean, a beloved player, a fan favorite. I, I love, not only I love watching Akeem Hicks play because he's just, He's so smart and physical, and like he, when he when he scoops the right guard right off the snap and is in the backfield in a hurry, those are just some of the most fun plays. But then also like he seems like a really genuinely good person, and like he's always been interesting on Twitter and in press conferences and thoughtful, and and he's not just like this football robot that spits cliches back at you like a lot of other players. Like he he seems to put some like he's, he's like he acts like a genuine human being in addition to being like a menacing six five three hundred and twenty five pound mammoth of a defensive lineman but then he's also like quick and explosive and obviously he hasn't been able to stay super healthy the last couple of seasons hasn't played like fully up to that like dominating Akeem Hicks at all times but he's uh, an emotional leader of this defense as well and making a heck of a lot more money than the Bears really want to be paying him right now and so as he enters free agency or whatever you know is he going to take a pay cut to come back you know would he sign on a lesser deal or and would he rather go somewhere else and make as much money as he can? I'm certainly not going to blame him on any of those decisions, but just, I don't know, you just kind of have this feeling of like, you know, is is he going to be back? Or at the very least, I want to appreciate the the, the rest of the Akeem Hicks we get to see in Chicago because it just felt like there was something a little bit special about him on this Bears defensive line that was really just, I want to make sure we properly appreciate it before it's gone because it could be, very well gone. It was almost gone this offseason when those trade rumors were kind of popping up, and it, it could very well be close to being gone again this upcoming season. There's some other guys on this team that we thought might be gone after the season but could play their way into some bigger roles or some guys that we thought were sure things that all of a sudden aren't looking like nearly as sure things, particularly on the rest of this Bears defense. We'll go through what else we are watching for on this Bears defense, maybe even sneak in some quick special teams at the end if there's time, next on Locked On Bears. Today, a brand new box of Built Bars arrived at my doorstep, and it is Coconut Brownie Chunk. 
Whew, it is an unreal flavor. I had to crack open the box and have one right away because I haven't had – it's a limited time flavor. They don't have it all the time, but when they bring it back, I get on top of it because it is a protein bar. It's got all the nutrients of a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. It's like sweet, delicious coconut with brownie pieces in it, and you get that, like, rich, chocolatey combination. It is unreal. It, it legitimately tastes like a candy bar, but unlike, but, but unlike candy bars, it's low sugar, low calories – high fiber and high protein. You can't find another protein bar product on the market that has those nutrient combinations, but tastes this good. Soft, chewy, covered in 100% real chocolate. And you don't get any of that like chalky, you know, rough cardboardy type protein bar taste. No, this is legit like a candy bar. You got to try them for yourself. Head on over to built.com, enter our promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Peeking ahead at the Bears matchup against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday, the spread over at BetOnline.ag is Bears plus six. Yes, six-point underdogs at home. The over-under is set at 45.5, so expecting the point total to pick up after the Bears' offense really started getting things going a little bit more against the Steelers, and that one was definitely more of a shootout than I think we were anticipating in that matchup. Uh, Moneyline is Ravens minus 260 or Bears plus 220. If you want to pick either of those teams straight up, and betonline.ag is the best place to lay your money down. It's the number one place we trust for all of your football, college football action. Plus, I mean, they've got all the sports. Basketball season underway, hockey season going as well, soccer, tennis, boxing. When baseball comes back, they'll have all those matchups. I think they have some baseball futures as well. Plus, uh, Vegas casino games online as well. So there's no shortage of ways to play and win at Bet Online. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available this season. Sign up today for your free account and enter our promo code LOCKED ON, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, giving you even more money to play with at betonline.ag, where the game starts. So, um, so much this season, the Spares defense has started with their pass rushers, and that's what I'm really looking forward to watching in this second half of the season, particularly Robert Quinn. You know, he's returned to, like, pre-Bears Robert Quinn form, and I'm really curious to see, you know, can he keep it up? It's been a pleasant surprise, and, you know, even last week against the Steelers without Khalil Mack, he still got to Ben Roethlisberger. Hasn't felt quite as game-changing or imposing with Khalil Mack out? I mean, of course, Khalil Mack out is not a knock on Robert Quinn at all. It's just you take Khalil Mack out, and everybody's job gets more difficult. But I really want to see how well he's able to sort of sustain this through the second half of the season and give them reason to keep Keep him, you know, at, for, for based on the first nine games, absolutely bring Robert Quinn back. He's been an important part of this this defense, and you're really not going to save that money, save that much money by trying to get rid of him this offseason. So, yeah, if he's, if he's going to keep playing at this high level, absolutely. He has been fun to watch, an important part of this Bears defense, and someone I'm looking for more of as, as he and Mac compete to see, you know, who will finish this season with more sacks. He just passed Mac because Khalil has missed the last couple of games here, and so Quinn's been able to keep the sack total going following that sort of along, you know, just because he's been on the field more. But that'll be fun to watch and how that sort of continues to kind of carry this defense, especially as I think we've seen some of the other key players on this Bears defense drop off a little bit. Yes, Kalumak has been injured. I'm not going to hold that against him. But like I think the last, I don't know, 
three or four weeks from from Roquan Smith have been particularly disappointing, and I'm kind of looking to the second half of the season to see him return to like you know elite Roquan Smith level form. You know, we saw a couple of moments of it earlier this season, but especially in run defense, you know, he's he's missing more tackles this season than any season of his career so far. I think he's up to ten, and I think his career high in a season is eleven. Like he's already he's about to pass. It was either 10 or 11 in a previous season. Like, he's already on pace to double as many missed tackles as he's had in a year if he kind of keeps this up through the rest of the season. So, like, that's a big concern. He's missing the wrong gaps in run defense. He's been part of why the Bears have struggled in that area the last couple of weeks, right? I need to see better from Roquan Smith, especially as he negotiates a long-term contract extension. And he's looking to maybe be the highest-paid middle linebacker in the NFL. He's not playing like the highest-paid middle linebacker in the NFL right now. And so... Does that affect negotiations? Probably not. The Bears are probably going to lock him up either way, but still would like to see him play better, especially with you know Alec Ogletree just being not very good and Danny Trevathan being old and not that great next to him. I mean, they need they need Rokon Smith to carry a little bit more of that weight because they don't have a great running mate for him right now, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing some more of that. Or how about Eddie Jackson? Can anyone find the old Eddie Jackson? Can Eddie Jackson get a pass breakup? Right, I'm, I don't even care about the miss. I mean, I could do care about the missed tackles, but like, I'm not going to sweat the missed tackles that much as much as I'm sweating the playmaking ability. Just break up passes, be that ball hawk. You don't even need the six interceptions or the four interceptions or the pick sixes or whatever. Just break up passes. He hasn't gotten his hands on a pass at all this season. And I'm, I don't have an answer exactly as to why. I don't know exactly what it is, but it just hasn't been there for him. I think some of it is... The struggles elsewhere in the secondary and in the front seven. I mean, just the defense as a whole has kind of dropped off a little bit, and so there's less room for Eddie Jackson to be aggressive and freelance, but that's more of a, a working theory than a concrete answer on what exactly is going wrong there. So sure looking for that to change in this second half of the season. Might determine his future in Chicago. Financially, they're locked into him next year anyway, so I, they, they, I mean, they just, unless they traded him straight up, they can't cut him. Financially, just would not they would lose money if they released him as opposed to keeping him on the roster. So, I, like, I don't think he's going anywhere, but he needs to get his stuff together real quick, or else this defense is really going to be struggling and sinking a lot of money into a player that is not playing super, super well. And then I just I'm just curious about some of the the younger guys elsewhere in the secondary, particularly the cornerbacks. You know, Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley. You, they kind of I don't know lucked into the starting lineup. I mean, they just there was some competition, but. I wouldn't say it was stellar competition. They didn't bring in a, a guaranteed week one starter in the slot or the outside. They made it an open competition, and you know, Vilder beat um, beat Artie Burns. You know, that's that's impressive. And there were other guys in the roster. There's, I mean, he didn't just he wasn't handed this job necessarily, but it wasn't like he was competing against a really true established veteran starter. And same kind of thing in the slot. And so, this has been a, a year of understanding that they're young players that are developing and are going to make mistakes. And so you want to see them getting better and more so like prove that they belong next year, right? Ideally you go into this offseason and you want to upgrade that secondary as much as you can and get another starting cornerback, get a slot quarterback, get another starting safety, right? I mean, you want to make that group better, but if, if Vildor can kind of take that next step in the second half of the season or Shelley can kind of keep advancing a little bit more and more in his career, maybe they start to prove a little bit more that, hey, they belong and they should be part of the plans and that maybe you don't need to bring in a, a brand new, like established veteran starter or whatever. Maybe you can, you can kind of roll with them, maybe bring in some competition, but understand that you, you at least kind of like what you have there and and can live with that if they end up ultimately returning as the starters next season. I'm not sold that they're quite there yet, halfway through the season. 
but there is plenty of time for them to show a little bit more, grow in that development, and, and take things to that next step to, to belong as part of the future plans in the secondary. And I'm also curious, just throw in DeAndre Houston Carson here, as he continues to really play well in his role, and just wonder if he gets like a starting role in Chicago next to Eddie Jackson, or maybe a starting role somewhere else as a free agent. Curious to kind of see what happens there. And also, the kicker, Cairo Santos, after Matt Nagy uh, put him out there for the 65-yarder. And that, Santos probably I mean, agreed and was like, yeah, let me try the 65-yarder. That's not, I'm not blaming Matt Nagy for putting Cairo Santos out there. But I'm just curious if if that miss gets in his head at all or affects his accuracy. You know, he was on such a great streak for so long, and all of a sudden he tried to push one and maybe just throw something. I'm just curious to see if there's any impact whatsoever that that miss has on his accuracy for the rest of the season. So that's that's really what we're looking to watch for the rest of this Bears year. I think there's a lot to watch for. There's some excitement there. There's some optimism and some hope for the future and even still a, a potential push for the playoff if things can go really, really well. You can be bet you can bet we will be keeping a close eye on all of those different things all throughout the rest of the year right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you're keeping up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Tomorrow we'll be joined by Kevin from Locked on Ravens to preview Sunday's matchup, kind of get the scouting report on the Ravens, how the Dolphins were able to really disrupt them last week, and if the Bears can try and replicate some of that and what they might try and throw at Justin Fields and company. So make sure you're tuning back in for that. Appreciate you making Locked on Bears your first listen today and every day. We're free and available for you on all platforms. Shout out to all of you following along on the YouTube channel. Love the comments and all the different sort of conversations that can spark off of the discussion on the podcast here. I think it's it's a great way to get your Bears fixed. And more importantly, I think it makes it that much easier to bear down. <laughs>